pothole roads, water logging, traffic congestion, encroachments, Bengaluru's list of problems has not seen any major changes in the recent past. Yet the city has been without an elected body since September 2020 when the five-year term of the BBMP ended. With the BBMP elections likely to be held by May this year, all eyes will be on the city's civic problems and its governance model. And what committees attached to the BBMP are integral to the functioning of this decentralized city governance? Hello everyone, welcome to News 9's Deccan Vahini. I'm Priyanka Rudrappa. In today's episode, Srinivas Alavilli, a seasoned civic activist and head of citizens participation at the NGO Janagraha, helps us understand what committees and how ordinary people can get involved in a visible way for concrete changes in governments. Srinivas, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. You are a citizen activist working on a variety of issues and closely tracking the performance of Bengaluru's wards. So what exactly is a ward committee, Srinivas? A ward committee is supposed to be a forum for citizens uh, within a municipal ward to act as a bridge between the elected uh, councillor and the citizens of the ward. A ward committee is a place where the citizens of the ward can meet with all the people that work on the ward, like the civil engineer, the municipal engineer, the electricity department, the water supply board, the local traffic police, the local law and order police, uh, any government agency that does public work in that ward is supposed to be represented in that ward committee meeting so that the, the uh, residents of the ward participating in the ward committee can raise their grievances as well as work towards a better development in that ward. That's what ward committee is defined as in our constitution as of 1992. Okay. So how do these ward committees help citizens exactly? So there are multiple ways in which ward committees help. Many times we uh, we wonder how some decisions are being made. We see that a particular road is badly damaged, but the neighboring road, which is somewhat okay, is getting asphalted or uh, repaired. Uh, we, we read in the paper about uh, some 500 crores being spent on solid waste management. In Bengaluru, for example, every year 1,000 crores is spent on garbage management. But if you ask people, uh, you know about this, they will express great surprise and say, really, that much money is being spent, but the garbage problem is uh, pretty bad in my locality, they will say. So, if you go to the ward committee, you will understand how the 1,000 crores of solid waste management budget has been spent in your ward. How does it work? Who does what? You know, some portion of the money clearly is being spent on your particular ward. Somebody is supposed to transport and somebody is supposed to pick up and how many citizens are segregating garbage, how many households are dumping it, all of this kind of information, if you are come to know, then you will be able to participate in making your ward better. So that is about understanding how local governance works. For people that are already, uh, you know, active citizens and, and take part in the community work and all of that, what companies take them to the next level to formalize their understanding and, and degree of association with the people in the government. So you could ask questions to the engineers and you could say in a particular uh, street, every time in monsoon, there is always water logging. So every year this happens and the, the cellars get flooded and a lot of inconvenience to people. So how can we solve this long-term problem? You could have discussions like that. 
In the most ideal world, what committees are about creating the world development plan. Every year, they make a city development plan or a budget to determine how to spend money to fix what problems in the city. In the law, the ward committees have power over creating the, such a plan for their own ward. Every ward will have its own characteristics, like a small city in itself. Some places will be nicely neatly developed, some places require a lot of attention, there will be form of settlements, there is uh, you know unmaintained areas, all of this. So if people from different regions and different localities of the ward come together in a ward committee, then relative priorities become apparent. So I want a better park, but my, you know, somebody else in my ward want a basic road. She does, doesn't even have a road. And I'm thinking that my park needs maintenance. It's become very old and it doesn't have the proper uh, upkeep or something. Some play equipment should be there and all that. If both of us are talking about it in terms of the priorities for the ward, it will become very apparent to me that what I'm asking is something that can wait. What she is asking is something very urgent because it's very basic infrastructure and they don't have it in that part of the world. So I don't need to be convinced. I will back out and say, okay, when we have more funds or next year we can work on the park, let's put our money on the uh, road the infrastructure that needs to be built or water supply is attached street doesn't have water. So let's give money for that. So this kind of uh, consensus building or understanding the social uh, structure, understanding the needs of different sections of the population, therefore coming together as a set of people that care for each other, what committee enables all of that. So that's how in the most ideal circumstances, what committees promote social harmony, they promote uh, people living together in the more uh, coherent uh, way of understanding each other's needs and helping each other. Because at the end of the day, it's people that uh, you know take care of each other. Governments, whether it is local government or state or central government, can only do so much. But uh, when the COVID comes, it's the neighbors that help you. When uh, when isolation, when and all the serious issues happen, flooding happens, it's the people in your street that are going to come and rescue you. So what committees make that relationship uh, more formal engagement with the government uh, resources also? Absolutely. So basically, accountability is what makes ward committees an extremely important tool and it also brings all the people together. So how can citizens better understand the funds allocated and the projects in their wards, Srinivas? This is a very difficult question, Priyanka. It is, nobody knows the answer to this. Uh, to answer this, I have to first answer the how does funds get allocated in the first place, so at the city level. So unlike... Um, say union government and state government, we all know when the budget is made. We know when Nirmala Sitaramanji is going to announce the budget. Everybody knows that. We even know when halwa is made in the Ministry of Finance to celebrate the completion of budget. Major fanfare happens when budget is presented. Media is all, all over it. State government budget, same thing happens. The finance minister comes with a, with a funny-looking suitcase and a lot of pictures are taken and paper is full of budget news. But now come to the third tier of governance, which is a city governance, like a Bengaluru or Mumbai or Chennai or any city, small or big. Nobody knows how this budget is made, when is it made, how is it made. Media doesn't seem to get into the details of the budget with the, uh, with the level of energy and excitement they show for union state. 
Not that those budgets are not important, but even more important, in my personal opinion, is the city budget. Because mm-hmm. what happens in the city budget directly impacts your quality of life. How much money is spent on water? How much money is given for better footpaths? In a particular area of the city, many cities now have inner core city areas and expanding, ever-expanding outer areas. The infrastructure in the outer areas is abysmally low, right? If you go to any outskirts of any town, you won't find proper roads or garbage uh, management or any such thing. Mm-hmm. When you're making a city budget, what should you do? You should give additional funds to such places because you brought them under your city. So when that kind of process happens, then there'd be better visibility to know how funds are being spent. And what we try to do in Janagraha, at least in Bengaluru now, for several years, is through a campaign called My City, My Budget, involve citizens in the process of making the budget. So BBMP is very happy to receive inputs from citizens on what their requirements for budget are. And as a responsible civic organization, what we do is, we gather these inputs and process them, categorize them, and submit them to BBMP in a way that they can use it. So now this information is available to the ward committees because of this exercise. Now ward committees can use the budget and use the uh, requirements of their own requirement they themselves have created to oversee whether that amount allocated is being spent or not. This year particularly was a good year because BBMP has allocated a token amount of 60 lakhs to each ward and say ward committees can decide how to spend these 60 lakhs Mm -hmm. on footpaths and potholes, for example. So now in some wards, what is happening is that the citizens are sitting together in the ward committee and saying, hey, we got 60 lakhs, how shall we use it? Okay, somebody will say, let's fix that road, let's fix this pothole. And this kind of discussion debate happens. And finally, they identify where to spend this money. And obviously, the money is very little. And this is not the only money BBMP is spending, though. This is the amount given to particularly for the Void Committee for decision making. Mm-hmm. There is 10,000 crores of annual budget. So that is also happening. So we are seeing this very new and healthy trend here in Bangalore. I must say that Pune in Maharashtra also has a participatory budgeting thing mm-hmm. where they take input from citizens. And Kerala for 30 years has involved people in planning process. It's mm-hmm. called the people plan. So other than Kerala and Pune and Bengaluru, there is no other city in India where this kind of uh, people's involvement in planning and budgeting is happening. So mm-hmm. not many wards in Bengaluru are using these funds. Uh, lack of awareness, lack of understanding, lack of training and capacity building, uh, all of these are reasons. Uh, there are also ward committees where the officials come but citizens are not to be seen because of various reasons they are not able to participate. So we have identified a few select wards to track closely what is happening there. Five to ten wards, really good utilization of these funds are happening. And that's why uh, we're glad that you're doing this podcast so more people become aware of it mm-hmm. and they'll start using it. And we are also created a community of people interested in ward committees and local funds so that they learn from each other. What happens in one ward and maybe the other ward can learn from it. Mm-hmm. And the situation in every ward is different. One size doesn't fit all. So we're trying to create a community of, of citizens that are interested in, in participating in democracy in a serious manner 
using ward committees we have a long way to go mm-hmm. but we still have two months to use this money so hopefully by the end of march we will see majority of our 98 wards taking advantage of the funds because it's a historic allocation mm-hmm. never before has money been given to ward committees not even in kerala not even in pune that i mentioned earlier to mm-hmm. the best of my knowledge so therefore when citizens use these funds it inspires bpmp to increase the allocations in the coming years right shrinivas you also mentioned that the ward committees are in only a couple of other other cities in india uh, why do you think they are not functional everywhere yeah that's a million dollar question so uh, what happened is that the ward committees were introduced by what's called the 74th constitutional amendment and that came into picture that made city governments local self governments empowered them to become municipalities municipal corporations and so on in that same law there is also provision for how can citizens participate in local governance and that's where they introduced uh, uh, ward committees and and the problem with the ward committees has always been that while they were in the central laws the equivalent laws were not formed at the state level in karnataka we have what's called the karnataka municipality act that has a elaborate section of ward committees many state acts have these provisions on paper but they haven't issued guidelines and notifications on how to form these ward committees who should be members of it so while the while on paper they exist in real life they don't exist and part of the resistance reason for resistance is that the political class feel that if i have a ward committee then i have to sit with them and and uh, explain to them everything that is happening and how much money is being spent and they may not like it and they may they may ask questions and you know it it causes a lot of friction this is some fear like that uh, totally unfounded and unnecessary but a lot of political class uh, felt like that and that's the reason why they resisted the ward committees by, by from being formed in the first place in bengaluru for example for 20 years many organizations uh, beginning with civic bengaluru and more recently citizens of bengaluru all of these organizations have worked very hard to survive and and uh, you know to make the ward committees come alive and that's how the ward committees in bengaluru happened wherever there is citizen groups interested in in participating in ward committees and they come together and lobby effectively their ward committees will come mm-hmm. mangaluru in karnataka is the latest example after karnataka mangaluru became the second city last month to declare the ward committees they appointed ward committee members to all 60 wards they even followed a better process than bengaluru so slowly it is happening but lot of resistance uh, because of fear of uh, you know being held accountable uh, being have to uh, sit and discuss in front of citizens all of these kind of things have slowed down the process so that's why we are trying to uh, make more people aware that such a forum exists if where citizens are not even aware then there is no chance of uh, even asking for it in fact many cities priyanka mm-hmm. even though there is no formal ward committee there is informal ward committee. so corporators councillors and bbmp or the municipal corporation people work with citizen groups mm-hmm. in katak they call it sahi sahi uh, samiti sahi means street in gauhati they call it you know something nagarik uh, nagarik samiti in surat they have citizens committees many places there are citizen groups working with the local municipalities except that they are not following the process of a formal ward committee mm-hmm. which gives them lot more about the budget and 
money spent and you know planning and all of that mm-hmm. whereas these ad hoc forums which are very good i must applaud every city that does that are more informal of being in touch you know you you are let's say you are the municipal engineer in your ward you want to know who are the different people in your ward and you want to be stay in touch with different residents so at that level of engagement it's happening covid has really helped make these uh, forums a lot more stronger and independent mm-hmm. and that's why i hope that there is going to be more interest in ward committees in the days to come right so how did covid uh, make a difference in bangalore in terms of decentralized governance renewals that's a great question so covid has really made a huge difference for decentralized governance in bangalore and in every other city in fact we held some uh, online webinar sessions with the municipal commissioners of gauhati surat katak vishakhapatnam and cities all over india and everyone said the same thing covid has made uh, municipal administration more decentralized and engaged citizens more because you know sometimes you do things out of necessity if some somebody says this is a very nice thing you should try you may not want to try but if if there is no choice but you have to try it you will try it and then you realize that so that's what covid has done what did covid do is that covid had to be managed in a decentralized way the number of people that were falling sick and that needed oxygen that needed hospital were too high and our system couldn't handle it and having centralized care you know calling one number or going to one place is not going to work because now there's going to be a huge line in it so how do you define uh, how do you divide and conquer decentralization is nothing but divide and conquer in a very positive way the mumbai municipal commissioner uh, uh, mr iqbal chahal i think his name is uh, apologies if i am pronouncing it wrong mm-hmm. he said the first thing he did is he as soon as he came in as commissioner he removed the war room central war room in mumbai and created 28 war rooms why because if you have one war room then everything comes to that mumbai is a city of 2.4 crore people you cannot handle that but you have 28 war rooms at a different ward level then there is a every ward has hospitals every zone has medical facilities so, so now you work like that same thing happened in bengaluru we the uh, the ward committees have become ward deter committees mm-hmm. deter stands for decentralized triaging and emergency response so every day when there is a positive cases coming this committee at a ward level will go through that positive cases and make contact with the individual mm-hmm. patients that have turned positive and using a triage protocol understand whether they need urgent hospital admission whether we can give them oxygen at home mm-hmm. whether they can be isolated at home do they need food for example mm-hmm. if if let's say in a family of uh, a couple with two children both the parents are sick and how will they get food right so the ward committees ensured that the family had food to eat so mm-hmm. things like that were all done during uh, covid time in bengaluru mm-hmm. which have really strengthened the ward committees in bengaluru that is why today when we did a survey uh, some 3 months back we found out that in the last 13 months or so almost 4000 ward committee meetings are happening back mm-hmm. this has never happened before this has happened only because of covid and the good news is even after covid the meetings are continuing uh-huh. how many meetings uh, would happen before covid very rarely out of the out of the 200 wards there was only 50 wards that were conducting uh, 
meetings at all um, on a regular basis. Now after COVID, out of 198, some 80 wards have conducted very regularly. Only 30 wards have not conducted meetings. So that means 160 wards have conducted ward committee meetings at some frequency. Within that, 80 wards are five-star rated in the sense that they have conducted at least two meetings every month. Mm -hmm. That's great. COVID has actually made a lot of difference. Um, Absolutely. So what is the way forward? What do you think is the biggest challenge to the functioning of these ward committees as of now? And what's a way forward for participatory democracy in urban areas? I think the, the biggest uh, thing that need to happen is that more citizens need to get into ward committees, uh, whether they exist formally or informally. They should become aware of this uh, amazing facility that we have, a right that we have uh, to participate in local governance, and then uh, put pressure on the system to organize ward committees in a more formal way. In cities like Bengaluru, where there is little more maturity in terms of conducting ward committee meetings, things like budgeting and planning, that's the next level of engagement within ward committees need to happen. In many cities, there is no, not even ward committees, so the job there is to formally create ward committees. When an election to the municipal council happens, every ward elects a councillor. She must now set up her ward committee within that ward using the rules and the law as prescribed by the law. When that happens, that councillor actually will have much better chance of delivering the promises she made during election, staying touch with the residents of the ward, understanding the ground needs in a more formal way and holding the officials accountable. The job of an elected representative primarily, whether it is an MP or an MLA or a councillor, is to on behalf of citizens hold the machinery, the government executive wing uh, accountable. That includes the engineers, the health inspectors, police officers, all of them. So the, the elected representative is our representative to make them do what they are expected to do. Ward committee is the right forum to do that. When councillors understand the power of the ward committee and when citizens join the ward committee, then the ward committees are going to be strengthened. And all of this happens when media talks about ward committee and say, if you are frustrated with the quality of life in the city, uh, you are always complaining on Twitter or social media how bad this road is or that garbage is. Well, here is your solution. Join your ward committee. When this kind of message goes out, then I think we will have better governance in the wards, therefore better governance in the cities. Absolutely. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the functioning of ward committees in uh, Bengaluru? Five at this point of time. <laughs> so yeah, we still have a long way to go then. Still have a long way to go. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, Srinivas. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your interest in what companies. I really appreciate the opportunity.